Actually, hold on. How long have we been friends? 12 years? Since 2004? Jesus Oof. Christ. Yeah. Because we graduated years. in 2008. Yikes. 15 years. It's about time to call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Half. Call it shit. John's been in half my life. Yes. <laughs> The era of John! <laughs> Half-Life 3. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 39, and my name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with DJ Mandolini. Yo. And John Hines. Hello, hello. And we're uh, missing Randall tonight, but hopefully we can uh, make up for his uh, missed weight. We're I don't missing know, him whatever. Dearly. Missing him dearly, indeed. He's uh, mm. studying up for some exams, I think, this week, so uh, maybe for the next couple weeks, so getting ready to polish off school. But in the meantime, Once we're still all... Uh, grade. <laughs> In the meantime, we're all uh, still playing a bunch of video games. But before we get to that, I think we got to ask DJ, uh, you know, he missed. Uh, what? Actually, I don't even think you ended up missing a podcast for this. But uh, I was on top of my home. But uh, yeah, but uh, DJ went on a little uh, cruise and not just any old cruise. But why don't you uh, take it away? Yeah, uh, not just any old cruise. It was the uh, <laughs> Chris Jericho rock and wrestling rager at sea. Mm. <laughs> Part duh. And was it all of those things? Yeah, because oh. it kicked off with a, a Fozzie concert, <laughs> Chris Jericho's band. Uh, if you're not familiar, Chris Jericho is a professional wrestler, formerly of uh, WCW, WWE, and now in All Elite Wrestling. Pretty New much little, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly didn't anyway. know he started out in WCW. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was big time, yeah. A little, little fuse with Goldberg that Goldberg didn't even want to be in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's in All Elite Wrestling, a new new brand that started last year, and uh, they, he had a, a first cruise, a wrestling cruise with a lot of those same guys. But this is back before that brand was established, so a lot of those guys were in like Ring of Honor and Impact. Um, I feel like yeah. that was almost like a tease for like AEW. It felt like it was like kind of like kicking off, getting that ball in motion, at least to me, that that first cruise. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, even though it wasn't official. Yeah. I mean, I think he did say though, that like he did go to like WWE to see if they wanted to be a part of that kind of thing. And they're like, (laughs) no, (laughs) Well, I mean, they don't need to be a part of it. So yeah. Yeah. Or if they did, they would do their own cruise line or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that first one, like I found out about it like a month before it was happening. So uh, I couldn't really uh, recruit any friends to join me. So I just went solo, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of it was kind of cool to have like a solo vacation. But also like, I don't know there you, when when you go to like a sit down restaurant <laughs> kind of sucks. Um, so. Yeah, this time I had my buddies uh, Rob and Bobby on the cruise with me, and it was a real good time, actually. So nice. Um, did you all share a room, or did you get? Oh no. Okay, well, I, uh, well, okay. Ro- sorry, Rob, but you snore like a <laughs> <laughs> the loudest man ever. Um, yeah, I I just got my own. I this is like my trip where I treat myself a little bit, so I mm-hmm. just got my own like little balcony units and is is yeah very very nice very very comfortable um but yeah we each had like our own rooms um and actually like our friend bobby we found out he like by coincidence he was also going on this it wasn't even planned which was like oh nice. you're going on this hell yeah so he was trying to have that solo vacation but <laughs> and then he crashed <laughs> oh, he he had two people uh with him yeah okay nice um they were all sharing one bed it's just the worst (laughs) saving Um, a little dough yeah um but yeah so you know they have a a ring wrestling ring set up on like the pool deck and also like uh stages on that area too for like the 
rock shows for the Fozzie concerts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and other bands, Killer <laughs> I thought Queens. Gonna, I thought you were Rubik's say, and, Cube. <laughs> I thought you were say and Alien Ant yeah. Farm. Ooh, <laughs> nah, they they have their own crews. I'm sure. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. Um, yeah, so they had like wrestling like in the evening, like two different like you know blocks, like five to seven, and then like eight to ten. Um, and just like live podcasts and meet and greets and stuff just throughout the whole thing. There was a, it's actually like a smash bros tournament. Mm. Oh, nice. Uh, Did you participate in that? I, I tried to sign up for it, but they had some kind of like raffle system. So uh, I was not picked. Just a lot of people love smash. So yeah. on the last one, they had like a street fighter tournament and it was just like the winner gets to face Kenny Omega Ooh. and the winner whooped Kenny. Omega. Oh <laughs> man. Nice. Uh, and, and Kenny Omega is like, I was going to say, is he awesome. good at Street Fighter? Yeah. yeah. I know but, he's a big gamer, but yeah. But just like the kind of people that sign up for these are people who are obviously very familiar and like they probably go to tournaments regularly, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A decent handful of these people. But yeah, I watched a little, little Smash action. Uh, Did you, you get know. some gaming in on the cruise? Like between like, I know there's like a little casino on the cruise and. I'd say that's where I spent most of my time. <laughs> was the casino. I spent most of my time not partaking in the theme of the cruise. I mean, like I, yeah, I watched all the wrestling and stuff, but like me and Rob are just huge gamblers. So. Yeah, I know. I know you guys are always both like. I wouldn't say like huge proponents, but if I feel like if anyone's throwing out the idea of a, going to the casino, it's usually DJ or Rob. Yeah. I mean, like even so the cruise was from Miami to the Bahamas and back. And like, so we flew to Miami the day before the cruise left. And like, even that night we went to casinos in Miami and those are weird because I wasn't, I, I was unfamiliar with the fact that like they don't have tables with actual dealers at them. It's all video stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so you have like, <laughs> you have like video blackjack tables with like a giant screen with just very attractive women. <laughs> like <laughs> videos of women? Yes, or like, video, nope. videos of women on a screen being like, like if you're at the table, like, oh, please do the lucky side bet, which is like one of those just sucker bets that never you never hit. Mm-hmm. And if like no one's at the table, it's like, oh, don't you want to play with me? It's just like, <laughs> That's well, a little just, cringy. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was an experience. Yeah. This is in Miami. This was in Miami. But no, we had we had actual, you know, tables on the cruise and, you know, we were just hitting up. Did some roulette, did some blackjack. I How big it. was the like casino area of the cruise? Like were there like uh, I'd say there were like there was like one roulette table, um, and then like one craps table, and maybe like a dozen other tables that could be used for like blackjack or pie gow or whatever. Like they could switch it up at will. And was um, it like only open during specific hours of the cruise or was like 24 7 i asked one of the dealers and it's just like he it it's open as long as they've got people who want to play basically i mean one of the nights i was there till four in the morning (laughs) (laughs) but i i feel like that's it's one thing to stay there until four in the morning as opposed to getting there at five oh geez like i feel like that's a yeah big difference fair enough i mean there were some mornings where it's just like I didn't want to go to the casino <laughs> before it was even like noon. Um, but the, it was cool. The, the, the night that I was there till four in the morning, um, like I was maybe around two, I was like two or three, I was like kind of walking towards the exit. And some people were like sitting down to play poker and just like, Oh, Hey, like we need a, another person or something to get this game going. So I was just like, ah, whatever. Um, you know, I like playing poker. I like to host poker nights, like, yeah, kind of like every couple weeks. Um, so it's just like, yeah, we'll play. And they, you know, clued me in on a, uh, poker tournament that was happening the next day. Uh, so told, uh, told my buddy Rob about it, it was like a hundred dollar buy-in, which is like, that's not the kind of money that I throw around. Like they're, you know, People at the casinos, like, there are plenty that you just see them 
make like multi like just throw hundred dollar bets around like nothing yeah and like no like i'm someone who like i stick to like the ten dollar minimum tables or whatever just chipping away yeah but like i don't know going into the cruise i like mentally set aside like i can spend this much and like i'd been pretty much even up to that point so i was just like i'll just do this tournament um so it was just like maybe like eight to ten of us um and like hundred dollar buy-in with rebuys so it's just like oh geez like people could just load up if they were <laughs> just really stubborn yeah but they upped the blinds like pretty like pretty significantly at like ha- half hour intervals so you know it was easy for people to like get knocked out just by the pace at which things were going um but i I didn't deserve this, and this <laughs> this is just going to sound braggy, but I ended up winning the tournament. No, just not more braggy, just more proof. Satan facts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the whole purpose of this podcast is just to put the record straight that DJ is the best gamer I, that there I is. Got, I got the cards I needed. Was the thing <laughs> like the the dude I beat? Like you just tell like he's a really good poker player, and I was just terrified of him the entire time, mm-hmm. and it just I just happened to. I don't know, catch him on a couple hands where it just worked out for me. Um, but yeah, it was very, it was just a very cool moment. Like, yeah. How many people were in the tournament? It, like eight to 10 and like with, you know, some of them rebuying. The so. Yeah. so what did you end up, if, if it's not impolite to ask, what did you end up taking home? Uh, the, so I did my hundred dollar buy-in and no more buy-ins or anything no rebuys for you no rebuys for me like i i you know regardless of how i was like how i did i wasn't gonna rebuy right um but you know just so happened it worked out um and the payout was 1350 like after the casino took its cut yeah um so yeah it was like a 1250 profit yeah yeah that's awesome yeah not nothing yeah yeah no it's definitely like I uh, I typically lose at casino, like most people. I mean, you know, I'd say I don't go too crazy. Like my worst night is probably like losing like five hundred dollars, which Ooh. is significant. Ooh. But like, yeah, well, I thought you were gonna say a hundred. No, no. I, I went I went in one time like being like, okay, I'm just gonna spend three hundred, and then like getting a little stubborn or whatever, and oh, taking man. out another an extra two and <laughs> losing yeah. that. Ugh. So I'd say maybe this balances out. <laughs> this winning balances out a some lot of, of my losses. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking like, well, after you spend all the money on the cruise, you know, it's got to feel nice to put some money in the pocket after That's that. That's true. So. I mean, well, I mean, you know, not relevant to you know people listening to the podcast. Don't care. I'm gonna get LASIK surgery next week. <laughs> oh, nice. Why? Why you see me in glasses now? Because yeah, because I can't. I can't wear my contacts leading up to the surgery. Uh, so. That'll that'll you know help Absolutely. pay for that. Yeah, for <laughs> giant sure. Giant expense. Yeah, no, that's awesome and awesome with the LASIK. Now you can uh, game without wearing glasses. That's right. So. I'm more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect vision. Yeah. Oh man, that's pretty funny. Um, but, but yeah, how was how was the like wrestling events that you did see? They were pretty dope and like the um, so they. The All Elite Wrestling has a weekly TV show on TNT called Dynamite, and they actually, like, filmed one of the episodes while on the cruise. Nice. And I would say significant things happened on that episode, so it was just like, okay, like, stuff on this show is canon, and it's significant. It wasn't kind of just like a throwaway like which is episode. more which is more what the first cruise was like right like to, because it was just kind of like was, oh there's some people from all these shows like good matches but nothing that had a lot of stakes or well uh on the first cruise there was actually um it was it was all a tournament and whoever won the tournament got to challenge for like the ring of honor world championship i think so th- there was significant okay. stuff there too but um you know th- there wasn't like a, a a televised thing like there were it was recorded, but you know, 
uh, it's not like, oh, this is going to be on like TNT or whatever this Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching like the pay-per-view or the stream or whatever on the first cruise when you came back. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely be pretty curious to see like this version because like now that it is on the actual show, like, you know what I mean? With the not that AEW has the highest production values, but it was definitely a step up from from what it was on yeah. the streaming, you know, there yeah. was just like some GoPros or something set yeah. up. It was definitely pretty, pretty low quality on the. First yeah, cruise. yeah, the the audio I don't think uh worked out in in its favor. Um mm. just the quality, but I think this time around was a lot better. And it seems like I I haven't gone back and watched the episode, but um it seems like public perception of that episode is pretty good. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So if you guys should uh, you know, keep keep your uh calendars open for uh february 1st through the 5th of 2021 because chris jericho announced there will be a third cruise three yeah all right i'll see if i can afford it i'll have to see if i can win a poker tournament first there you go (laughs) but uh i think we can move on from there to uh I guess what John was just playing before we started recording, uh, we're going to talk about some Risk of Rain 2. Yeah, mid-game mid or mid-run. Um, but yeah, you've been playing more Risk of Rain 2. And I think, at least since the last time we talked about it on the podcast, I don't know when the update came out, but there's definitely been some some new updates since the last time we discussed the game. So Yeah, so it's been like in this kind of early access-ish mode since it's been released. Even still kind of, right? Yeah. There's still some of those wrenches in the menu. Oh, yeah. No, there's still a lot of stuff that they're still, like, rolling out. But they've at least added uh, one new character. um, And, like, they've added this whole loadout section, which... uh, And when you select a character now, after you do certain achievements or do certain challenges in the game, you can change, like, the attacks that you can equip for each character. So that adds, like just another layer onto it that wasn't there before and like they've rolled out new items and i think there's a whole brand new level and so how many attacks because like normally like each character i think has four different attacks like initially that you just are kind of ascribed to each button so like right now there are like four like you still always have those four slots but there are for most of them, I think at least one extra like so nice. each slot you can change between like two different attacks. Not all of them are out yet. Like there are still that have like that yellow wrench on them. So they're still like in development. Yeah. But like uh, even when I was just loading it up, I didn't actually know that there was this update i was just loading it up because i love this game yeah and i saw that that loadout section was brand new and i went over there and after doing a run with my favorite character i unlocked a new attack so that's what i was trying out like here before we started recording and yeah i'm just bummed so can those uh new attacks be set to any button or they're like only certain attacks go to r2 and only certain attacks go to R1 yeah or it's basically just like swapping between like two different like attacks like that function the same so you're not gonna like have like two dash attacks okay. it's like no that you'll like swap between the two dash okay. attacks but i know that the multi character which is like this robot that has like in its loadout before like you could swap between two attacks and like the r button uh i know that there's uh one now that i you could i unlock so you could swap between those three in those like two slots that would be interchangeable so i like just another wrinkle for that character which i think is really cool yeah that's that's awesome because there's there's a couple characters like i haven't put a ton of time since we talked about it last at least but like I feel like there's a few characters where there's like one move or something where it's like, ah, well, this character is almost sweet. But there's like so if there's like maybe some of these slight tweaks could definitely, you know, make some of these characters that are less playable, at least, you know, to different people, maybe open that door. Yeah. So and I'm pumped that it just like adds another incentive for me to keep playing it. Like I've, I found like the core gameplay loop, like really satisfying and just like yeah. I would play that endlessly. But now with these other characters, I was like, ah, maybe I will like pick up this character that i don't like as much just because i want to see if i can try like a new loadout and see if that works yeah and i kind of i've i don't know about any of you guys but i've, I've never dipped into anything that's like early access or, or anything even remotely like that so like even just the promise of like there's still i think like t- it looks like i think two character slots that are empty and have like a the little yellow wrench there that it's like i don't know i just kind of like there's like knowing that in the future there's going to be something that'll pop up that'll be like 
hey, I should play more Risk of Rain 2 again. Like, even if it because, again, I know we've talked about many times on the podcast how games just come and everything this these days, movies, whatever, like they just come out, you see them and they go and something new is out the next day, practically, and you forget about them. So it's kind of nice to know that there's like these constant reminders with not just Risk of Rain, a lot of games these days, but um when it's something that hefty of like a whole new because like these characters all play very differently. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty interesting and exciting. Like I, I like the fact that like I know like even if it was like, you know, like Smash has like new characters out like but they're on a schedule or like that's kind of expected in their DLC. But this is just like in the game like this is all like is bundled into the price when you buy it and it's just there. And I think that's really cool yeah and especially cool to be doing that on a console because early access and, and on the switch of all places yeah um at least that's where we're playing it i know dj he hasn't put any time in yet PS4, uh, but he's picked it up on ps4 because there was a discount <laughs> yeah <laughs> that shop oh yeah and like i do think that it runs significantly better on the switch because i remember like really back when i was playing it and i would get to the like the difficulty level where it, instead of like saying like like uh, easy medium hard it would just like be laughing until like as it goes into like like infinity as uh-huh. the difficulty slider and like once i get would get to that point like it would just like sound like the switch was doing all it could to stay together and yeah. like i haven't noticed it be like that level like i haven't heard like the fan work so loud that it's distracting okay that's interesting that's that's pretty cool that they're not only adding stuff but they're like improving the performance of the game too so oh yeah are they planning on uh adding any like new worlds or anything i mean there's the yes they they did add one new level with this uh past or update um and but i'm not sure like they because there isn't like a level select like there is like a character select like it doesn't like really pop up as yeah. like oh yeah like this one's grayed out or like this one is in development but like going into that like because it is randomly generated it's a roguelike in that respect like going into an area like for a game that i've played so much and like going like loading into a level that was brand new like i'm pretty sure like i just like like very loudly like exclaimed and like lauren is like what are you doing <laughs> No, it's a re- the levels look really cool. And I think you showed us like a quick sneak peek of that new level. And it just like, I don't know, they just have this like really like barren, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe how they look, but especially paired with the soundtrack, which I know we talked about when we it talked about the game before. But sure. yeah, just really moody, just kind of like not it's not cyberpunk because it doesn't have any of that going on. But it kind of just has like this like sci-fi. Yeah, like. Apo- not like, robotic kind of apocalyptic post-apocalyptic but not but there's like little like there's no like civilization around like you're just like on random like planets yeah like little yeah it's just awesome yeah, yeah. this game is awesome i'm definitely glad that you were playing it just now because i'm i'm gonna fire it up again soon for Hell sure yeah so I did already down when you mentioned that there was that update since the last time we had played i was like okay i'll at least install that update so nice but uh but speaking of new updates, I know uh, DJ and I were playing a little bit, and I know I don't think you've played since the update, John, uh, but I know you've played some before in the past as well. But we were playing some Wizard of Legend, and there's this new uh, Thundering Keep update that just came out, which I think just I think you said adds like a new like zone, essentially zone and boss, a new theme yeah. and boss to the game, uh, which I think there were only like three or four maybe before. So they they add one more to the mix, and this is kind of like a another roguelike procedurally generated a uh, little more similar to like something like enter the gungeon or binding of isaac like top down um i guess not quite a twin stick shooter because it's more like melee or i guess you, you have some like ranged attacks but it's more it's like spell casting yeah it's your yeah you're kind of like a wizard obviously um and you're or just kind of running around you can play single player or two players which is what dj and i were doing uh and yeah, I had not really played a ton before this update and this just kind of like I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that game. And actually, I think John was the one that mentioned that uh, the composer of the Sparklight soundtrack uh, worked on the uh, I think his name is Dale North um, worked on the uh, uh, Wizard of Legend soundtrack. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that you know, what? I'm kind of curious and I love Sparklight and I really love the music in it. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm maybe I just kind of overlooked this game. It just didn't click right away. I was kind of looking for that 
like uh, I think we've mentioned also on the podcast how hooked uh, DJ and our buddy Glenn and I were on uh, Enter the Gungeon. So I was kind of looking for a replacement for that game. Like I was kind of exhausted. Everything there is to do it. Maybe not everything. I haven't done everything, but I've done a lot in Enter the Gungeon kind of a put in over 100 hours I was done with that game and so looking for something to replace that and didn't quite click immediately but yeah I'm really like I mean I think they added a ton of new spells I think there's like that's a maybe a little bit of a gripe DJ and I were talking about like almost too many spells and I have hardly unlocked any but I mean I think there's over 100 different like arcana cards that you can collect um and unlock you know you just get your currency that you collect throughout each run and buy new cards or new uh artifacts or runes or whatever they're called to give you a buff extra health or extra upgrades it's pretty pretty cookie cutter roguelike but i think it has a pretty nice style like they have a nice little like board game loading screen where like you're when you're moving between levels i don't know if i don't remember this being there before but like when you move from level to level it's like a little like yeah board game piece that was there okay maybe i just didn't play or just didn't remember uh enough of that but yeah the level design is is probably my main gripe like the the combat is really fun and frantic and and fast-paced and almost a little overwhelming if you're playing single player like it, it's really difficult i don't it 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 is difficult and i don't understand why is the thing yeah <laughs> like, like it, it isn't like it's overly complex or that like enemies are too punishing it's just like after like playing like um i don't know a stage or so like i was like i don't know why i have so little health right now yeah Yeah, i think it's at least for me it feels like there's just so many enemies on the screen at least in some cases you kind of like you know wandering around this kind of again they're kind of just these bland like hallways and corridors and then you'll eventually i I guess not every time but you'll kind of like get into a room and like it's again i like that kind of board game theme like these a lot of times enemies will like pop up like a cards will Mm -hmm. like pop up out of the ground and then it'll you know turn spin around or something and turn into the enemy in the cool animation but so and you'll kind of get walled into that room until you clear these enemies out and uh i for me i just get like cornered and overwhelmed again playing co-op with dj it was like a little bit more like we could kind of separate the enemies but like when you're in the middle of enemies and they're surrounding you and i mean they have maybe not quite as powerful of attacks as you do but i mean a lot of these enemies can do all kinds of ranged attacks and they can dash around just as much as you can. And I, it's, it just gets overwhelming, at least for me. Yeah. That's, that's what I find to be the difficulty. Cause it's, it's hard to be dot. You, you are kind of expected to be, you know, there's, there's almost no cooldown on your dash. So like, you're just kind of like dashing constantly, or I think that's what you're expected to yeah, be doing. I th- at I think least. So. Yeah. I guess it's a very mobile yeah. action. And the only like attack that you can mash is your melee. So that puts you in more danger. Like if you could do a ranged attack more frequently, I'm sure it would be a lot easier, but yeah. And you have like, yeah, again, you have like all four face buttons, all have an attack assigned to them or, and you can change those in your loadout. Um, and then you can, I think throughout the runs get like another ability that can, I think at one point I got like some kind of like seismic toss or seismic slam. I forget what it was called, but that's what it reminded me of like a, a hip toss or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely fun. I like the art style. I like the vibe of the game. It's, it's, it just is like, there's something missing. I feel like, honestly, I feel like the stuff that I think I was like, uh had issue with like kind of would be solved if it was if i was playing like with two player i think when i was watching you guys i was like yeah man it is nice to like kind of divide up the focus of the enemies at least so that you aren't getting like picked off by ranged attacks while you're dealing with like melee enemies like it looked a lot more fun like when i was watching the two of you play it than like when i was playing it because like also i think a thing that was frustrating for me was that like I was doing a lot of runs and I didn't feel like I was necessarily doing any better in the ones where I was more successful at. And then for the ones that like I didn't or like I died really quickly, like I wouldn't get any like crystals, which like are the the currency that used to unlock things outside of runs. So there wasn't that feeling of progression, like either by progression. Yeah, it was. I didn't feel like I was improving in like a way that like some of the other roguelikes where you just like, oh, you got to learn the patterns and you just get better at the game. Or there's the the roguelikes where it's like or you just like grind out currency until you unlock new abilities. And yeah, yeah. So like I was like kind of stuck with like my initial loadout of like spells and I was like 
not really able to like buy any new ones to so to find one that maybe worked better for me. So like I was kind of stuck in that like slow grind where I was like, ah, eh, I don't know if I really want to do one more run. Yeah. I, I will say uh, like when I played it by myself, like after the update came out, I played a run or two and I immediately was like, I think two players like I saw it, like right on the main menu. It's like single player or two players. And I was just like, you know, this game just feels like especially because like the I'm not overly compelled, like, you know, Sparklight, even though it is procedurally generated and, you know, roguelike and random. Um, I was just kind of sucked into that world, you know, where this game like because of these like just you're just running around in hallways until enemies pop up until and then you sl- slaughter them. Yeah. Um, or they slaughter you in most cases. I'm, yeah. I'm not good at this game at all. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it feels good to play, you know, it's, I, I like the way the game feels and I like the art style. I like a lot about it, but I, yeah, it's just a little lacking and it definitely feels like it, it's enhanced by having like a buddy sit next to you to play with it. Unfortunately it doesn't have online, but couch local co-op is uh pretty fun. But what did you think DJ in the short, I think we played two runs. I mean, I, uh, I have problems admitting defeats and so i do want to <laughs> revisit this um and you know i i would like to see you know is it is it a thing where you do need to like you were saying john like unlock more things or get better at the game like i haven't played enough to tell but like it does like you know stuff like a dash mechanic like those are things that i get into so like little, little things like that like make me think that the game feels good and makes me want to play more so th- there's there's enough in there to make me want to revisit. It's definitely, yeah, it feels satisfying to play. And I, and I guess the one thing I'll just say is like, I feel like the, the reason I'm a little disappointed in like the way the level designs are laid out or the genericity of them is like after the, the tutorial is like really cool. You're like going through like a museum of like the history of wizarding and like you're kind of, that's how it's like teaching you. You're going to like all the exhibits and like, it's just really well done. And like, again, it's like the world building in that segment is like, I think you even like you start out, you're just some like random teenage kid that gets like then sucked into this world. I kind of forget because it's been a while since I played that tutorial. And there but isn't I, really many story elements beyond. Yeah, that it's like almost nothing. Yeah. But like the, the like even like the hub world where you can like buy and unlock stuff and get new costumes and stuff like it's really vibrant and cool. But then once you get into the actual like procedurally generated parts, it's like, I don't know, it's like. Like like enter the gungeon, it's all these like handcrafted rooms that are procedurally strung together where like this feels like it really is just like random paths that are just like then they populate with enemies and it it just doesn't feel as satisfying to like explore the floors that you're on or the levels that you're on but yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna play more and definitely if dj's hooked enough to i definitely would have played two player yeah see if that changes my opinion on it nice yeah well i feel like it would nice well let's let's play some sometime yeah yeah um well, from there, I think we had just one more game to talk about, and I'm going to try to keep that retro torch uh, rolling for Randall while he's uh, off on this episode. And I think we can all kind of weigh in, although I don't know. I don't know how much you've played of this game, uh, DJ, but uh, after our uh, Metroidvania conversation a couple weeks ago on the podcast, um, I decided on the Super uh, Nintendo service on the Switch. I decided to, you know, I've, I've always I think I even mentioned on that podcast that like Super Metroid is never uh clicked with me for whatever reason like i love the vibe I, I, I like a lot of aspects of the game but like the controls just feel a little odd to me and and whatever and the, and i still have a little bit of that um one thing that i will say i'd never noticed is like i didn't know you could hit the a button to uh, you can actually remap all the controls but you can you can hit a button um to do like a dash like to run faster mm-hmm. i just didn't know you could do that in that game i, I knew you later in the game you get an ability that gives you like a lightning dash or whatever it's called speed boost. but uh <laughs> but uh that like is a required to get through certain segments of the game but i didn't know you could there was like a run button and i kind of like that it's more like a toggle like you hit it and it like just initiates you running or sprinting and then but even even like your regular run, like after playing a, a robot named fight and I, I was saying like, oh, yeah, they tried to make this feel. And I think that's very important to say they tried to make this feel like Super Metroid because it, it Super Metroid feels quite a bit more buttery than yep. I expected. And maybe that's just after playing a robot named fight or honestly, maybe that's after I know we talked a little bit about playing with joysticks and playing with D pads on 2D games. I'm playing with the pro controller on the joystick and. Other than occasionally, like, I do slip and, like, slide into, like, the morph ball form every once in a while on accident. But I, I still like playing with the joystick. I'm able to, like, do the wall jump, which I was never able to oh, do nice. 
before other than like occasionally with like a fluke but like i can do it pretty consistently not like i don't think i could do some of the game breaking stuff that you see yeah, on like the speed I was runs ask if you've done any but like sequence I, breaks. i've done a little bit of sequence breaking or done stuff that like i i got through this one segment but i was like oh i guess i need to do the wall jump here and then i like later found an opening that uh that got me like the high jump mm-hmm. boots and i'm like oh, okay i guess i could have just had this for that segment um but it's still like that the wall jumps a little weird because like you you can't be against the wall and just jumping straight up like you have to be doing like a yep. momentum based spin jump. So that's like I do the jumping still feels a little weird with the momentum to me, but like the vibe of this game and I, I, this is nothing new. You, you heard it here first, um, but like this, it's just amazing. Like the pixel art is so impressive. Like it, it like the way like Samus is like shoulders just like bounce up and down like it like the game just feels alive like i'm i'm like really sucked into this world and i i am just hitting a point i don't know the names of the bosses or anything but i I just am i guess small spoiler alert if you've never played super metroid but like i met that like big green giant alien boss that there's like also a statue of what's it oh there's statues of all of them oh okay but yes that's craid Okay, but because and I have gotten pretty far into this game in the past on on my Super Nintendo cartridge, but like I I you know I always just get stuck in these Metroidvania games, these open ended platformers, and I will say I'm I'm starting to get there. Also, like I I think I can't remember if I beat the boss or not, but like there's just so many areas where you have to like shoot these invisible walls. There's like a little too much of that in in Super Metroid, at least from what I've played in the first like. I guess I don't know how far I am, but I would guess maybe 25% through um, where I'm at, but yeah, uh, 2025. Um, but I, there's like a little too much like where I feel like, man, where the hell do I go? And then just like, oh, I just have to shoot this wall to open it up. And I guess I'm just now in the habit of just blasting everywhere all the time. But uh, it, it feels a little bit of that uh, that Zelda lineage of like burn all the bushes and like you know, because these games do kind of feel like 2D side-scrolling Zelda games. I mean, they are kind of laid out, not necessarily in like dungeon form, but like you get a, a new item and you unlock a new area or you can access a new area. Like a, they have a little bit of that DNA in them. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised how much I'm liking this game. But uh, I'm excited to keep playing more. I hope I'm not like stuck stuck. But again, with these like uh, they're they're pretty decent with the save points in Super Metroid. But again, we've talked about that suspend feature. And it's just so great on the Switch to just be able to like, I'm, I'm going to take a break. Let me just pause it exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Um, if, if you were to like take like a some time away from the game and then go back, would it be easy to kind of know where you left off in a way? Or are there tools that kind of kind of I mean, there know, could direct you or remind you what you're trying to do or well yeah because i I know that that was kind of one of the issues that you mentioned on the metroidvania podcast like that the maps in the castlevania games are like and you also said metroid at the time like were kind of you know not really descriptive or like didn't really give you a lot of information do you think that's still true or do you think like it's it's giving a, you enough info. It's a really cool map system and it and it's it's decently informative. Like once you find a save room, you know, it has like a nice like Samus logo on it or I can I can't remember what all the the legend is, but like you know, there's you start but there are like some of the rooms like even like in Chasm where there's just like here's this room with this white dot in it that like it means something, but like or even like I sometimes I'll be like I think I collected that thing in that room that I and the dot just stays there. Mm-hmm. And so I at least I think I maybe I'm not remembering this right, but I feel like there's like some little stuff like that. But overall, like I think it's a decently informative map system. I think again, because like these rooms that you have to just find sometimes that like you have to shoot a wall or shoot the floor or shoot the ceiling. Um those aren't like signified by like an opening in the in the wall on the map or anything a lot of times sometimes they are but not not on the map per se but i'm I'm very interested to see like because like uh, metroid is my favorite genre or favorite series really um like i've internalized like the language of like walls or like anything that looks vaguely suspicious i know like that's where the game is pushing me towards yeah so like there will be areas where you will see like say like you're running on like a floor that looks completely like every other floor you've been on but there's an enemy like walking underneath you 
like just in that sp- like there's maybe like a pixel or like a square unit yeah like that a tile like, yeah that like uh, there you see an enemy like that is moving down there is like oh i know that that i can probably access that area then because yeah. otherwise it would just be solid or like that part of the wall looks slightly differently and enough that it looks like it might be something that i should like bomb or in my my favorite are when they use those to specifically like uh trap you like there's plenty where they will put something super obviously suspicious and then you go towards it and then it's you have a pit block that you just fall through yeah. so like so like I, the thing that i really like about the metroid series is that it plays with those expectations that it teaches you and then kind of like subverts throughout the game yeah you never they do a good job of like not ever making you feel safe you know mm-hmm. you always feel like they might be you might be walking into a trap, I guess, is like you get that feeling a little bit. And also, I don't know if you care about spoilers in terms of mechanics. I, th- I think I'm OK with spoilers. We'll just give a little small fair warning again if you haven't played Super Metroid yet. DJ, are you fine with a spoiler? I guess I haven't played Super Metroid. Yet. <laughs> I know, even though I invited you over years ago to play them all. Um, but you do get an X-ray visor, which just shows like you will hold that button and you can move it 360 degrees around and it will literally show you every single block that's interactable beautiful and what it is because like (laughs) beautiful like this one oh you need a spin attack to go through it and like even though it gives you that like you will still get to an area that like you will see like a power up and like you will see all the blocks that are interactable about about it and you're like how the hell do i do that and yeah. like you st- like even though all the information is presented to you, like you still have to puzzle solve. And then after you figure out how you do it, then you also have to physically do that. So I really thought that was a great way at the end of the game where like when you're still like kind of in the explore mode, like it's still like it's taking a, lo- a lot of the like, I don't know, mystery out of it. But it still like has that last hurdle that you still need to clear in order yeah, to finish it. That's that's definitely selling me because there's like a lot of like the one thing I'll say is like if if you are someone like me who in the past has bounced off this game or I wouldn't say bounced off. I played quite a bit, but like I was just like, I don't get why everybody loves this game so much. But like let yourself get far enough to get some of the power ups because you just feel so wimpy and weak at the beginning that it feels like. It doesn't really feel satisfying to, I mean, to some degree it does to just like explore and whatnot, but like to, to combat or whatever. But like once you like even just get like the charge shot and you can charge up and then like when you're holding down like your charge, like like a Mega Man attack, you know, but then like when you jump in the air and you're spinning, like you also can attack enemies just with that. Yep. Uh, is that the spin attack or is that like a set? That's a separate that's a, thing, right? That is a separate, that is a, uh, I forget what they... Because there is a a sub a qualifier of abilities that aren't official abilities, but are things that you have to use in order. Like the wall jump is one of those. It's never explicitly explained, yeah. but it is like it is a thing that you can do in the game. And it that does have puzzles that are built around it. Right. So that is one of those like sub abilities where, yes, if you charge and you do a spin attack, it's technically the same thing as like a screw attack but the screw attack you are invulnerable for the entire time gotcha gotcha but yeah i well i guess since we're talking about metroid just briefly like i don't have too much more to say about this game but what since it's your favorite series i know we probably even talked about this but is is it metroid fusion is that your metroid fusion favorite of the series and like when you are done with super metroid i will force you to play i think i own it i'm pretty sure it's game boy advance right i'm pretty sure i have fusion and zero mission so zero mission is good but zero mission is the re kind of remake ish of the first game right and then and then fusion's like a its own thing and zero Zero mission is great i love zero mission but like i think fusion is such a complete experience that i think is incredible and where does super metroid rank on the on the scale is it well i mean if we're talking in terms of 2d metroids it's probably third uh although i really did love like uh it was kind of an overlooked entry but uh the return of samus or samus 3ds yeah yeah i forget which one is the original title for metroid 2 yeah but uh yeah they remade it for the 3ds and it was so good it It, looked cool yeah i had never played it but i really hope that if they make another 2d metroid 
that they keep the exact same like 360 degree aiming on that because like using a joystick on in 2d like other m had its moments but i think it was actually a not a great game overall yeah metroid that series definitely kind of floundered for a little while there so it was kind of good to see it like go back to its roots but remake a game but not fully it's not just a remake you know it it seemed like they really like oh yeah fleshed out some totally new mechanics no it's it's a great game but yeah super metroid i they're all all of them i the only games i don't enjoy playing are other m and metroid 2 like that honestly the original game boy you mean yeah yeah yeah, the original like metroid i still have a ton of fun playing yeah like with metroid 2 it's just so zoomed in and other it's yeah it's so zoomed in and there's even a little bit of that in super metroid but you're thankfully just have more screen real estate but yeah you're i mean your sprite is huge in super metroid too so but yeah just just i don't know i'm i'm really happy with uh the fact that i'm coming around to this one because i've just felt like what's wrong with me this is like i feel like a lot of people feel like not only this is the pinnacle of the metroid series but a lot of people feel like this is like the best super nintendo game so and that's probably my favorite console personally so i'm glad you're enjoying it yeah i'm excited to play some more and i'll uh keep posted if applicable nice but uh i think we can almost wrap it up there although i guess one more thing we played uh right before we recorded the podcast and i played a little bit the other day um taking dj up on the challenge uh after the new year you know he already plowed through chasm and did his part uh and he put me up to the challenge of playing some titanfall 2 i played through like the opening segment and tutorial uh the other day john mentioned he had wanted to play it once dj had put us up there put me up to the challenge uh he was like i want to check this game out too so he played i actually got a little further than i did which is pathetic and just shows how quickly i will just give up on a game but i was just like okay this again like i do this a lot where i just like okay this isn't the mood that i'm in i'm not ready to play this game right now but it's it's really cool i really like the movement um the mechanics i know uh we're john was talking about it a little bit while he was playing like it takes a little getting used to uh you do like this wall running and jumping it's a first person shooter um but i i actually ironically enough was thinking like i wish like metroid prime felt like this and not to take a dig (laughs) i I, i've enjoyed what i've played about uh metroid prime i I remember it feeling weird because like i had i'd played it after the fact i didn't play it at the time so going back and like playing a first person shooter that doesn't use both joysticks is like really disorienting at first um takes some getting used to so like going into the it just like i don't know something about i just remember having some trouble in that game like there's one segment where you have to like jump up like a tree uh, there's like all these pla- in, in yeah. metroid prime and there's like all these platforms and i was just like i could i had a really hard time like judging where i was gonna land and uh in this game and maybe it's just more familiarity i've played a few more first person games these day, uh nowadays but although i still don't play them very often but uh, i just i don't know i felt like in this little like gauntlet or what's what's that opening segment called in the tutorial it's like whatever it's a gun. i don't know yeah. it's like this kind of like just little run that you do in like this you know there's like little dummy set up that you shoot along the way it's like a like a obstacle course almost um but like when you, when i first started doing that and like the game wasn't finished installing so i just had to keep playing that or i didn't have to keep playing but i kept playing that gauntlet over and over and like i was like oh okay because when you wall jump you start running a lot faster and you can do a double jump and essentially i was just chaining like this whole hallway that you're running down like just jumping from wall to wall to wall back and forth and like ramping up speed um i wasn't able to hit any of the targets while doing that because i'm i can't aim and run at the same time but uh yeah i don't know i mean i'm excited to play more especially after watching john get a little further than me i didn't even get to the point where you like get into the actual titans or the mechs but uh what did you think john after playing a little bit i know you you seemed maybe a little less impressed than i was uh i think i was well i was had high expectations because like you know i I really like agile like first person shooters like i'm a huge fan of doom like 2016 and yes i love the metroid prime series and i think they're incredible but like i i was it just took a a little by the end of like me playing like uh, the first level or so like I, I was getting the hang of it and getting like the differences between them so like you know I was once it like told me I was like oh here's your like melee attack like I was kind of expecting it to be more like doom or like I was also like trying to platform and shoot the same way that I would in like Metroid but like I I, 
I think I got it on 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 lock by the time that I was done. And I was like, yeah, OK, I, I get this and I'm I'm digging this a lot. Yeah, it feels it feels nice to run around and, and that, that wall jumping just feels great. Um, and, and even like <clears throat> it seems like you'd like eventually get some kind of like booster for like sliding. I, I, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just running. But in like the yeah, opening just, cut scene, if you're sprinting and then just do a little do a little slide yeah like if you hit the crouch button you like slide under stuff yeah. so it almost has like a little bit of that vanquish feel uh not you don't have like jet powered boosters i guess but well it's just sweet because if like you're going down a slope and you do the slide it'll just take you down the entire thing like you nice. keep that momentum like yeah they just do a great ways of like having you build up more and more momentum the and, momentum feels great yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say like some of the level design was like a little confusing. I know I noticed you were ha- hitting that a little bit, not confusing, but just like, wait, which, which, where's the opening? Which way do I go? Or like some of the enemies are like, wait, are these enemies? They kind of look just like me Yeah. or like, like my guy just seems like he's some like Marine bro. And like, I feel like I'm shooting a bunch of Marine What's bros. What's wrong with these Marine bros? Why do I got to kill them? Yeah, it's a little confusing, at least in this opening segment. But I was kind of I was kind of pumped that there was like some like beasts and monsters and stuff. I kind of assumed it was going to be all like military mechs and stuff and tanks. Uh, so I was kind of impressed that it was like this kind of other world. You know, it seemed like it was set in, I don't know, I'm assuming on another planet. But yeah, excited well, to play some more. And and I don't think, from what I remember, you're going to keep running into that problem of, like, making the distinction between your allies and the enemy. I think for, you know, the large majority of the game, like, you'll be kind of on your own. I could be remembering wrong, but, like, I think for the most of it, it's like anything you see is going to be an enemy. Yeah. It felt like it was kind of setting up like an opening, like cutscene sort of thing. You know, it's like getting you familiar with the game and the setting, but like it, yeah, it felt like you're like just dropped into this battle in the middle of it and you just kind of fight your way out of it. But can't wait to see, you know, which, which titans you like you know because they have, oh yes. it's different titans oh I didn't yeah know about it. so you can like customize and stuff or yeah they're well there's titans with select. their own yeah you get they each have their own abilities um and even like with the <clears throat> pilots they all have like you know you saw the cloak ability you can have you know different abilities nice um, so, okay yeah with the with the <clears throat> online you get to really like you know just pick out your favorite loadouts or whatever and just go in with that and i'm gonna get you guys online oh, yeah nice. i will say i that was my first thought of playing was just like i kind of want to play online i know that when i play online i'm just gonna get smoked because i'm not good at these games so that's kind of the pitfall where like the snag i'm hitting because I, I don't see myself playing a ton of the campaign but i i'll, I'll, I'll see how it goes but it would be good because it does a i think it does a good job of introducing you to the variety that the game offers and i guess seeing what other people are doing you know watching how other people play and is always an easy way to learn you know yeah. so yeah we'll play some multiplayer probably not before the next episode or anything but in the in the nearish future we'll play some more titanfall 2 and uh follow up on that in the future but uh until then and until next week uh We'll catch you all then. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at pursuingpixels.com on the internet. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email us at pursuingpixels at gmail.com. And I think that pretty much covers it. Um, yeah, until next week, we'll uh, see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. Lip smacking good. Red um, leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Is that from something or is that just like a traditional? Yeah, one of those. It's from professionals. I like unique New York. You ready to take us away, DJ, with a little casino action? Fuzzy Wuzzy was a (laughs) bitch. A little Fuzzy action. Uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a band. God.